Welcome to your business education station. This is Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Our mission is to educate women and people of color about the financial and legal aspects of business, personal finance, and changing your money mindset to create financial freedom. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, and Attorney Althea DeVar-Johnson. Well, hello. Hello, Althea. Good morning. Good morning. We're here at Mind Your Business Radio, another Tuesday morning. Yes. And I'm Dr. Flo, and you Uh are... Attorney Althea DeBar Johnson. All and right. guess what? This has been our 13th week. All right. We're 13 weeks strong. 13 weeks strong. So we appreciate our listeners hanging in there with us on Mind Your Business Radio. Today, we are going to be talking about the marital aspects and divorce aspects on your finances. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Divorce and finance and marriage and finance. We're going to try to help you avoid some of the marriage money problems that come up as a result of us not discussing uh, these things before we get married. And so we have some things we're going to get into our show, and so we hope that you'll, uh, you'll listen and call in uh, and want to uh, get uh, some more information about this. Right, because, you know, again, when we um, start or thinking about getting married, there's a lot of things that we should um, um, think about. And I think there was a set of expectations, um, Dr. Flo, in your practice that you try to to share with uh, younger individuals who are thinking about getting married. Because, you know, I've been married for over 34 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. Money continues to be the number one cause of divorce. Uh, in the U.S. So in order to avoid marriage money problems, it pays to sit down and have a serious financial conversation with your new partner. So it may not be pretty, it may not be exciting, but it's something that needs to be done. So we're going to give you some tips here on our show to avoid marriage money problems. Okay, the first question I think that should be very, very clear is, uh, you know, you should know as much about your potential spouse as possible. And when we go to the bank or when we go anyplace else uh, uh, looking for a loan, uh, people will request us to do a credit report. And what that credit report does and says is what has been your past history of paying your bills? What what has been your past history uh, of getting in and out of debt? And so we need to know this about our spouses. So what I would encourage uh, people to do is to have a discussion even uh, if, the, if, uh, if you and your spouse want to pull a copy of your credit report, you need to have a discussion about your credit report. Have a discussion about uh, what kind of situation you are in. After I see your face. It's serious, though. People don't want to do this. No. But what type of, what type of uh, credit score do you have? Now, it doesn't have to be a deal breaker. Someone with a low credit score, it doesn't mean it's a deal breaker. What I'm saying is you know what you're getting into. So when it comes time to buy a house and you're sitting at the table and the mortgage lender tells you, well, you know, uh, Miss Jones, uh, you know, you can qualify for the house by yourself, but your husband can't be on this house note. Right. Um, that happens all the time because uh, Miss Jones didn't know that her husband had some credit issues. But if she knew, then she could either they could either prepare to uh, to repair that together as a couple, or either uh, Mr. Jones could be prepared for Mrs. Jones uh, to have the mortgage in her name, and it and, wouldn't be a problem. And you're right, and and I think maybe looking at somebody else's credit might be a a deal breaker. Um, <laughs> it could be, but <laughs> but you know, I think especially for younger people, especially for the millennials, especially for people who are, are young, most of us start out on the same financial footing. Mm-hmm. We don't have any money. Any, any money, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think from from that perspective, we look at trying to build yes. mm-hmm. our credit, uh, build our, our finances, build a home, um, talk about having, uh, having a family, having children. And I think in the beginning... Though we may not deal with the credit score issues, that is something we certainly need to look at when we are talking about um, getting married to a, a, a someone. 
Yeah. And I think it's something that, you know, we may need to decide, well, may we may not have joint credit. Mm hmm. OK. Right now. Right. And maybe, we, you know, here's the thing. It, it may not be a deal breaker in that, the, uh, you know, at least you, you're going into the marriage knowing uh, what's going on. And you guys can plan to fix that together or plan to build your credit together. And you can have a discussion about your money mindset. And that's what we're here to discuss. You know, a lot of times people get married and we don't have the same money mindset. That's true. The problem is here, money continues to be the number one cause for divorce in the U.S., so in order to avoid those money problems, it pays to sit down and have a serious conversation uh, with your new partner. And it may not be an exciting conversation, but it's something that has to be done. You really need to have a discussion about how they view money uh, and how, you know, some of the mistakes that they've made in their past, some of the things that they hope to do in their future uh, from a money mindset. Even having a discussion about, you know, um, I plan on retiring when I'm 55. What do you plan on doing? They might not have ever thought about anything like that. Sure. Okay. And so they might not have made any steps uh, towards that. But, and we also, I think, um, when we come together and we're a new couple and then we're talking about the trying to decide that we are going to get married or that's the path we're going on. Again, I think we get starstruck or are we in love, but we don't observe. <laughs> and you have to observe who you plan to make the rest of your life uh, stay with the rest of your life. Yes. And yes, once indeed. you make some of those observations, again, some of these conversations should occur yes, before we go down the aisle. Yes, indeed. And some of those, you know, a lot of conversations that need to be made before we go down the aisle are tough conversations. Sure. They're very tough conversations. Um, but they're not going to get any easier once you get married. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing, guys. You know, if 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 you are planning on getting married and your potential spouse cannot be transparent with you. Uh, that's problematic. That's a, that's, a, that's problematic. That's a flag. That's a flag. OK. And, 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 and you're talking to uh, uh, two experienced ladies. One has been married forever. And the other one, <laughs> the, other right. one the other one who's been divorced and considering remarriage. And so when you think about these things, I mean, these things are, are real life, you know, real life and, and serious, uh, serious things you have to talk about. If here's a, here's a situation out there. If you have if you sit down with your spouse and say, let's have the money conversation and your spouse is uncomfortable doesn't want to give you any um, information about their finances. Uh, you know, I would even consider you don't even want to show, you don't even want to tell me where your bank account is located. You don't want me to have any information on your finances. There's an issue. If you're planning on marrying someone, why wouldn't you trust them with that information? Why wouldn't you trust them even with your bank account information? Now, we're not talking about somebody you're dating. Okay, we're talking about somebody that you might be engaged to and actually contemplating marriage. If you can't give them that information, if you can't open your financial life to them and share with them um, what you've done in the past or the fact that all everything in your house is on credit and you don't really own anything. Right. Right. That everything in, in, in your house is on credit, then, you know, that's a, that could be a deal breaker. I mean, it, it could be a deal breaker. And not only for newlyweds or couples who may have been uh, married for a couple of years, but I've had a recent situation where I had to help a client to become the emergency guardian conservator over her father because he has a, uh, a business. Mm -hmm. He didn't share any of his financial information mm -hmm. with his wife. Mm -hmm. He took care of all the bills from the business point and from the personal point. So now that he is in intensive care, mm -hmm. nobody knows anything. Oh, absolutely. And he remortgaged the house. Mm -hmm. So now they're in the, in the midst of a foreclosure so someone had to become the emergency guardian to make health care decisions for him 
and, and financial decisions for him, but still have the authority to go in and find out what's going on. Because so that the bills was can blind be. to anything. She just, things were just being paid. and, and Things were being paid, mm-hmm. and he wasn't of that mindset. Right. He, he came from the older school. He was under that mindset, well, I took care of everything. I don't have to share that information with wow. you. And wow. that's not that's not a good uh, a you know, situation to be in. Both of us have stories like that. I have a tragic story like that, and I'm not going to tell you all about the tragedy because it's pretty pretty bad. But uh, I remember a client that had that same situation. I had to step in uh, for him after his death um, and try to help his spouse out of some tough situations, selling the business, um, you know, uh, uh, even, you know, uh, showing her, uh, what the what the tax liabilities were for the mm-hmm, business, mm-hmm. Uh, and she's on the joint return, so they were her liabilities as well. But mm-hmm. she had no idea uh, what the tax return said. She had no idea. She did have access to the checking account, but she had no idea what the balance was on the mortgage. You know, she had no idea about the business aspect. She had no idea if he had any money in savings. Um, so she was pretty much at a loss. And um, so she called me, and we had to walk through. You know, all those things. Now, here's the point. I knew, you know, and, and what's so sad is why should your accountant and attorney know more about your spouse's business than you do? Right. And you coming together and you coming together as a couple and you don't know anything. And now you're uh, faced with these types of tragedies. Yes. So I tell you guys, we're going to when we come back, we're going to give you a couple of tips uh, about avoiding marriage uh, money problems, okay? So we're going to take a short break, uh, but stay tuned, guys. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click. If filing your own taxes is not for you, we've got you covered. Just click to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free, or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. Hey, welcome back. We are talking about avoiding marriage uh, money problems. And uh, we're going to get later on the show, we're going to talk about, you know, types of things that maybe you should do if you find yourself in a divorce and find yourself in some issues. But my friend, attorney Althea DeBar Johnson, (laughs) has some estate planning stuff she wants to talk to you about. Because, of course, if you're planning on getting into a marriage, there are some legal things. Now, I, I'll tell you, Althea, I rec, you know, I recommend to my clients because most of my clients are male. Most of my clients do have businesses and some of them are quite substantial. And I always recommend to my clients to get a prenup. Now, ladies, you might not like what I'm saying, but they're my clients, so I have to protect them. <laughs> Okay, but I always recommend um, to my clients to get a prenup. And I I, I have an example of um, a client. I recommended that he had he owns several franchises. I won't say which ones because I don't want people to figure out who he is, but he owns uh, several franchises. Um, And uh, he was a multimillionaire within his own right before he got married. Um, His potential spouse uh, was 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 no sloucher. Uh, she was a CPA. Now, I told him, I said, now, look, you're not marrying a dummy. <laughs> you're not marrying someone sure. who doesn't know their way around finances. Um, and you have a lot of assets. Uh, why don't you consider just talking to her about a prenup? Uh, I don't, you know, she, because she's an uh, intelligent woman, I don't, I don't think she would be offended with that conversation. Um, and he never had the conversation. And, you know, three or four years after they were married, um, he was running to me um, discussing how he could do some things and, and move some assets, and he uh, pretty much put herself in the business. Okay. Oh, wow. So in other words, I mean, you know, there's marital property that we uh, accumulate during the marriage, and then there's um, property that we own 
before the marriage, mm-hmm. which doesn't become a part of the marital property, but because she herself in the business and you allow that yes. and probably put her name on certain Absolutely. things. Oh, I well, see. Here's the thing. If it's if it's personal property, Althea, then the law, you know, from from what you're talking about, the personal property, this was my property before I got into right. uh, the marriage. But that doesn't work with business because business, if you're incorporated, right, it's a corporation, the, the corporation sure. is a separate person. And so the business property is not my clients, it's not his wife's, it's the businesses. Now, sure. here's the thing. If my client is the owner of the business, then it's his property. But if he she becomes co-owner of the business now... Right? right, it's just as much her property as his. As his, because even though he, even though he built the business, but he he put her on. There. Yeah, well, it, yeah, he, she, he, she she put herself on there. But he, however, <laughs> it happened. She she's there. She was able to do it because she knows how how to do it. There you go. <laughs> Cause, cause, <laughs> but but uh, I think I think in the beginning, I I think when we are first, especially young, and I, I guess I'm going back 34 years ago. If I had this information maybe 34 years ago, right. I, I, I would have done it then. But we could take simple steps in planning. We also we're planning our lives together, but there's some simple things that we could do to plan from a estate uh, uh, viewpoint. And part of that is, I think, again, not only understanding their person's assets and their spending mindset or financial mm-hmm. ass, uh, mindset, but we can do some plan, simple planning by having a life insurance policy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we had when, when our, when our, when our friend, uh, Greg Palmer was here, you know, he was talking about just using, uh, life insurance and other investment vehicles in your estate plan to make sure that you're protected, uh, in different ways. In, in different ways. And, and though most people will start off, young people will start off with term life. I, I think that they should really think about doing, um, whole life or, oh, or universal life, you can even start at $25,000 right. um, um, life insurance policy and build from there. Absolutely. But I think having those insurance policies are one of the steps that we need to take uh, in um, in planning our future. I think the other thing that most of us need to consider is we need a health care directive mm-hmm. or financial power attorney because things happen not only to older people yes. but to younger oh, people. Oh, absolutely. 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 So it's those simple things that we can do. Saving, budgeting, having uh, a, a life insurance policy, those are simple things that we can do. and They're not that extremely uh, uh, expensive. No, they're not. And here's the thing out there. You just reminded me. Um, even though, so if you go and you get married and something happens to your spouse, the hospital will say, okay, the next of kin, which would be you, um, has the right to direct their health care. Um, but one of the things that, that is very common that we don't consider is the fact that if your spouse is unable to speak for themselves, if, you, if your spouse finds themselves on life support or whatever, you do not want to be the spouse that has to make the decision to pull the plug. No, you don't. You want your spouse to have already decided, right? And that's what the living will is about. You want your spouse to have already decided, here's what I would like done. Because how would I ever face my spouse's family having to make that decision, you know? It's a tough decision. And, you know, there was a famous case that, you know, just happened where, you know, half the family, you know, one the family was divided about what to do over Bobby Christina. Right. You don't want that kind of, you don't want to be faced with that kind of situation. Not that situation or be uh, placed with that type of burden. And then you have to live with that the rest, rest of your life. But even when we are married, and so we have changed our, our status from single to now being married. Even when we are married... Doctors are becoming weary of just allowing the spouse to make decisions wow. because wow. of the litigious nature of the of wow. a society. Yeah. So then now, again, I have an emergency hearing coming up Friday mm. with the same kind of situation. Well, it's the husband who wants to make decisions for his wife, but the doctors are recommending um, I think you need to go get an emergency guardianship and conservatorship. Wow. wow. Just to address some health issues. Yeah. Because doctors, and rightly so, they're getting weary. Yeah. They don't know what your motives are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. That it makes, makes sense. sense. Because just because, you know, nowadays you find people who really aren't, 
getting along, haven't even lived together and are still married, you know, because they just haven't taken the, they just haven't done the legal thing and went and got a divorce. And so they snap now, all of a sudden, just like those two young men who poisoned their, their parents <laughs> and tried to kill them, they snap. Yeah. So, yeah. The, and it's the spouse could have put you in the hospital. Uh-huh. And now the spouse has the, the right to direct your health care. That's yeah, a problem. And that's a problem. Okay. So here's the thing, guys. To avoid some of these problems, to avoid some of these problems, you have to have these conversations. And one of the conversations you need to have is to set an expectation. Mm-hmm. Okay, set an expectation. That's one of the ways you can avoid marital problems. You need to talk about what should money be spent on, what is essential, and what is discretionary. You two might have a different opinion about what's essential and what's discretionary. What are the shared expenses? And what are the expenses that each individual is supposed to account for? Mm-hmm. Which accounts should be made joint accounts and which accounts should be kept separate? If there is a disparity in income, who should be contributing to what and how much? Mm-hmm. How are debts that came into the marriage going to be handled? And who is actually sitting down and paying the bills? A lot of times, guys, these are things that need to be discussed prior, prior. to uh, coming together and being married. Okay? And, 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 and these things can actually cause some serious problems. So that's, that's number one. Set the expectation. Where we're going to spend a lot of time today, um, because we have Attorney Althea DeVar Johnson who can really speak to some of the legal aspects of this, one of the things that we're definitely going to do is talk about planning for the future. Now, it's hard to predict the future, but that shouldn't prevent you from sitting down and, and, and pretty much setting goals. Setting okay? goals. Will you be buying a house? Will you be having kids? Will you be saving for college for any potential kids? When are you expecting to retire? All right, that's big. How often would you like to travel? Will you be remodeling or redecorating at some point? Will you be buying cars? And when we talk about these things, it seems pretty simple. But what about the person that has champagne taste on, on a beer, a beer budget? budget. <laughs> that could cause some problems. And we're going to give you a few scenarios of some people uh, that we know, and we want you to avoid these scenarios. Okay? But we want you to consider calling in at 1-888-463-6748. Okay, so we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. So stay tuned. BusyFolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. We can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? We also offer wash and fold laundry service, and we work hard to make sure that our customers know that their satisfaction is our main priority. BusyFolk.com is only a click away. Find us by typing BusyFolk.com into your computer or smartphone. We currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit BusyFolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's BusyFolk.com. Are you in need of a breakthrough? Maybe you only need a roadmap to connect the dots to your success. You know you're destined for greatness. Have you grown tired of trying to figure it out by yourself? Well, not for long. Welcome to Coach's Corner Elite, a digital magazine whose mission is to become your premier resource in connecting with many of the industry's top go-to coaches, consultants, leaders, and experts. I'm talking about movers and shakers from around the world who are willing to share their stories of struggle and triumph, as well as their systems for success so that you too can have hope. No matter where you stand in your journey, your search will be complete with Coach's Corner Elite. Visit our website, CoachesCornerElite.com. Join our mailing list today. Got mobile? Text Connect Me to 33444. Join us now. Coaches Corner Elite. Your experience awaits. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click. If filing your own taxes is not for you, we've got you covered. Just click to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free, or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. 
Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. All right. All right. All right. We're back. We're back. We're back. So we're talking about avoiding uh, marriage money problems. We're talking about avoiding marriage money problems. Now, um, Althea, we were talking about... Um, we we're talking about the future, okay? Um, and we left you talking about that some people have uh, champagne taste on a beer budget. On a beer budget. Okay. You have to know this about your potential spouse. You have to know their spending habits. You have to know whether they have discipline around money, whether they have a, a proper money mindset. But also... You know, the other the other side of the spectrum is true. You have to know if somebody's a miser. Yes. <laughs> if somebody if somebody wants you could afford a, a nice house but insist on you living in a shack. In a shack. You need to know that because if that's not going to uh, uh, make you happy, if that's going to make you unhappy, uh, you know, those are the types of discussions um, that you have to have. Is someone moving into your house? Or are you guys going to buy a house together? Yes. Okay. That's important. And if, what do you do about that house that if you decide to make uh, a buy a house together, what do you do with the, the other property oh, that, absolutely. That, that you have? But I think, again, uh, um, Dr. Flo, again, it's about observing. We have to go into a marriage with our eyes wide open, mm-hmm. not partially shit mm-hmm. and because again the same issues that you are seeing before the marriage are going to be the same issues that you're going to have during the marriage but they're going to be magnified yes because yes. you're bringing other you're going to bring in other dynamics in this marriage and so if you go on plan you need just like you plan for your your, your beautiful life together mm-hmm. you need to plan for these business things together mm-hmm. it, Estate planning is about the business of living. Okay. It's not about the business of dying. It's about the business of living. And it's these type of subjects. Will we be buying a house? And why is it beneficial for us to buy a house? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will we be having children? How many? Okay. Or are we just going to just leave it up to the, the wind? Right. Because you got to be able to afford I think afford children. Oh yes, oh yes, they are not. Children are not uh, free. Right. And, and part of the estate plan. They're not. They're not even free to have them. That's right. They're not free to have. Them. Try try going to the hospital and having a baby for free. That's right. And believe me, even when they turn eighteen, they still are a financial. That's right. Uh, a burden That's right. They're a lifetime commitment. Lifetime commitment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so these kinds of conversations need to be had before we get married and continually we need to continue it during the marriage. Mm-hmm. Because again, just like with life in the state planning, it's an ongoing process because things change. Life happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, much of what we're discussing could be a real eye-opener if you look at that list, buying a house, buying a car, um, you know, having kids, what, you know, what, what, I mean, what is your spending habit towards the kids, you know? Some people think, especially in today's society, some people think that their kids have to have all designer clothes. Are you going to be that type of parent? Uh, or Because you're going to be co-parenting, so you know, if one person's going to get upset because the other person uh, wants to buy all um, designer clothes for the child and the other person doesn't think that that's a, a, a good use of money. So when you start talking about all these things, if a partner wants to go live larger and larger and larger and you see all of your money dwindling away and you haven't done any of the things that were in your mind to do, because, of course, before you got married, you might have had a plan, you know, as a sure, single person. Sure. And you don't see any of that coming to fruition. That's going to be a major, major, major problem. Okay? And I think, again, I think we can accommodate both individuals. We just have to do a little bit of this and a little bit of oh, that. Oh, absolutely. It, it has to be a compromise. It has to be a compromise. But we have to protect our foundation. You have to set a foundation. And by setting that foundation, you have to have a budget, like yes. you always say, Dr. Dr. Flo, but you don't call it budget. I, 
I forgot. Financial freedom plan. That's right. A financial <laughs> freedom plan. You have to have that. And then we do a little bit for entertainment or we That's do right. a little bit for That's right. uh, those things that we kind of want out of life. Okay. But, but we have, we have accomplished and have, uh, uh, contributed to all of these things. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the other thing. You mentioned a budget. You mentioned what we call the B word, okay? You I'm mentioned, sorry. You did. You said it. You I did. You did. Yeah, I did. You mentioned the B word. So, yeah, I know, the budget. So, it's number crunching time, okay? And that's when you, actually, you have to sit down and you have to discuss, okay, here's how we're going to live, okay? Right. Here's, do we have enough to live the way that we would like to live, okay? If we don't have enough money, if we don't have enough income to do all the things that we need to do, then we need to rethink that. And this is why I think this financial freedom plan is so very important for those people who are planning or contemplating marriage. Mm -hmm. It's because, and, and, and I'm going to recommend that you actually write it down, Okay. Because one of my clients told me that they had a discussion, but of course, after the after they were married, everything changed. Okay, sure. so they had a discussion, thought they were on the same page with their finances, but then after marriage, everything changed. Sure. So you might want to write this down, record your conversation, do whatever, so that you can gently say to your spouse after marriage, "Well, you know, honey, you know what happened to our plan? What happened to what we put in what we put in place?" And so here's the thing. The compromise comes in where when you're doing your financial freedom plan, you sit, you both sit down. It doesn't have to be a deal breaker, but you want to make sure that that plan incorporates a little bit of what you want, a little bit of what he wants, okay, and a, a plan that you both can live with. Because right. understand something. Here's the problem with marriage and divorce. Everything cannot go your way. Absolutely. Listen, people, <laughs> everything cannot go your way. It is my personal belief, and from a legal and a spiritual perspective, it is my personal belief that the reason why marriages end in 50% divorce is because our society has waxed selfish, okay? Yes. We are a selfish society, and if things don't go our way, then they don't go. OK. Right. And so what you have to do is you have to sit down understanding that he's going to want some things that you might not agree with. And you're going to want some things that that um, he might not agree with. But if you sit down and do a plan and you look at where you're going and you look at what you can do now and in the future and when you retire and things like that. You will have less stress about your finances because you will have agreed on a plan. And so I think that that's extremely, extremely important. And I think I think, again, one of the things you were saying, who who's going to be responsible for paying the bills? Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that that is something that couples need to at least decide on, because sometimes it it may be. One person might be better at making sure that the finances are in order versus the the other person. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you might be able to come together. Mm -hmm. But I think that once it is decided who should be the person who paid the bills or handled the finances, that information is always shared with the spouse. Oh, absolutely. You have to share that information because you don't want your, your spouse to be in a situation like you gave earlier with a, a spouse that knows nothing about what's going on nothing and and now having to figure out what what is going on and have to dig themselves out of, of a, a terrible situation but that financial freedom plan i believe should be written out mm -hmm. and discuss each pay period uh-oh uh-oh let me tell you something <laughs> if i knew then what i knew now uh althea i would do just that um I would have written it down from the beginning, okay, and revisit it, revisit that plan on a regular basis. And even if it wasn't every pay period, it would be on a regular basis. And not to necessarily just throw the plan up in the person's face, but really to say, are we still on board with this plan? You know, are we still on board with this plan? So every so often to actually sit down and revisit that plan and say, are we still on board with this plan? Because things happen. People lose jobs. 
people get jobs, you know, different things happen. So you still have to revisit the plan. And I think I think it, it, whatever works for your family situation, that's that's what you should do. But but for my household, I had each time we each time there's a paycheck, the weekly or the, the biweekly paycheck, mm-hmm. monthly paycheck. Our budget is in place, a All written right. budget. That's right. There you go. So you have to use that same type of method for me, myself in my practice. Mm-hmm. There is a written budget. Right. So I know where I'm going. I know what my regular bills are. If something comes up, mm-hmm. then I know what that that uh, mm-hmm. uh, bill is. And how do you pay for that? Because you have to prepare for those contingencies. Mm-hmm. So for me, we have a budget, written budget that we look at each or uh, every other week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we all, we on the same page here. Okay. Well, look, and it, here's the thing, guys, you still need to have this conversation. Even if, um, you know, I have a good friend, um, you know, her husband just, uh, you know, goes and makes a paycheck and tells her, just do what you want with it. I, you know, you know, tell me, you know, how well, much I, I can spend. That. I know. <laughs> Tell me, tell me how much I can spend, baby. Just here's the paycheck and do what you want to with it. But here's the thing, and that's wonderful, uh, ladies. Let me let me repeat that. That's wonderful. Okay. So she obviously is a good steward of money. Exactly. Here's the thing: if you know that someone is strong in finances, someone is very disciplined and can carry out the plan that you guys have put together, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a, a husband or wife saying, okay, here's the money, execute the plan, okay? Because here, here's, the, here's my thought. If you can't trust that person with the money, why are you married to them? Right. Why, would you, why would you get married to them? Okay, because I'm not, I am, I am definitely against divorce, so I don't want to say that. But why would you, why would you, because you got you to work with what you got. But <laughs> if, you, if you're going to get married, you know, why would you marry a person that is bad with money and you're good with money, but they won't relinquish any control so, to you. You do realize that they're going to take you down a path that you don't want to go if they're not willing to accept the fact that they might not be so good with money. And whatever plan you guys have have agreed on will not get executed if that person doesn't have a certain uh, amount of discipline. So it's, it's really good, but, but again... Uh, and I'm talking to the men out there, men, make sure if you decide that you are going to be the type of man that brings your paycheck home and just hands it over to the wife, please make sure that she is executing the plan. Please make sure that uh, uh, she is doing what you guys agreed to do with the money. Because uh, I have another client in that situation where uh, he's 13 years into a marriage and realized um, that he's might have to you know, lose a lot of stuff because he thought his wife was paying bills and she wasn't. But see, again, I think even if you have whoever that person who, who's, who's taking over the finances or managing the finances, you still need to have that discussion oh, with the spouse. And you need to show this is what has happened right. um, um, with our finances. And here are the for bills. The, yeah. Here's what I'm doing. Yeah, and here's, here Everything are the bills. Everything should be transparent. It should be transparent. So you can't just put it off on somebody and then, you know, have don't have hands on and think everything is going to be all right. Because sometimes it, it, it's not. Yeah. And you you know things. Right. Again, it's about observing. You know things. And you things. should be able to ask questions and people should not get offended when you ask questions Absolutely. about what's going on with the money. Money. Yeah. You know, all you, and see, here's the point. Althea, if, if, if we follow, like you said, if we follow a written plan, then all we'd have to do is go back and revisit that plan. And talk about, well, here's what I'm doing with the money. Mm-hmm. You know, we agreed to do X, Y, Z, and so we're doing X, Y, Z. X, okay? Y, Z. Absolutely. So we're about to take a break, but guess what, guys? We still want you to call in at 888-463-6748 um, because we're getting ready to talk about divorce. We're getting ready to talk about the financial implications of divorce. So you're not going to want to miss this. We'll, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click. If filing your own taxes is not for you, we've got you covered. Just click to reach a real CPA. 
Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. Are you in need of a breakthrough? Maybe you only need a roadmap to connect the dots to your success. You know you're destined for greatness. Have you grown tired of trying to figure it out by yourself? Well, not for long. Welcome to Coach's Corner Elite, a digital magazine whose mission is to become your premier resource in connecting with many of the industry's top go-to coaches, consultants, leaders, and experts. I'm talking about movers and shakers from around the world who are willing to share their stories of struggle and triumph, as well as their systems for success so that you too can have hope. No matter where you stand in your journey, your search will be complete with Coach's Corner Elite. Visit our website, CoachesCornerElite.com. Join our mailing list today. Got mobile? Text Connect Me to 33444. Join us now. Coaches Corner Elite. Your experience awaits. Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar Johnson. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. We are talking about uh, the marriage and divorce, the financial implications. So, okay, so let's just say you didn't do what Althea and I asked you to do. You didn't have the conversation. <laughs> you didn't have the conversation. You went on and married Jack anyway. Jack, you went on and married Jill, okay? And here's the issue. The issue is that Jill is trying to spend up everything that she can get her hands on plus some. She is not showing you any respect when it comes to the finances. Or, Jill, you thought that Jack was going to be a baller, shot caller, and he's not bringing home any money. (laughs) (laughs) So you are growing tired, very, very tired of this situation. So I have a question for you. Do you argue all the time over finances, okay? Do you argue over finances? Do you cringe every time your partner buys some items and you believe because you believe those items are a waste of money, okay? Is your partner generally happy with what he or she owns or is there a constant insatiable desire to always acquire more? Or if it's not your partner, what about you? Or are you and your partner able to solve financial difficulties and differences as a team? Hmm. Well, if you're not able to uh, solve those differences as a team, the statistics say that 50% of you guys who are arguing, arguing, arguing over finances, unfortunately, your marriage is probably in jeopardy. It says, according to Jeffrey Dew of the National Marriage Project, Couples who report disagreeing about finances once a week were over 30% more likely to divorce over time than couples who reported disagreeing about finances a few times a month. That's another statistic. But we know that marriage is in 50% 50 of the time, and the largest reason is over finances. The largest reason is over finances. And, again, I think that this is something that we need to, to talk about and have those conversations because if you can't get over that hurdle yes you are heading towards divorce because marriages carry a certain legal implication with respect to property money and debt when we become legally married in the eyes of the state which means your spouse income and debt are now yours because mm-hmm. it's marital property. Mm-hmm. If one of you runs up a huge credit card bill, you both are now on the hook when that bill comes due. But there's a way to protect you on that. that oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> okay, because, again, that could be just your husband's debt mm-hmm. and not necessarily your debt. Mm-hmm. The following resources includes information about marital or communal property and debt how property is treated in a divorce, how marriage affects taxes and related subtopics. So, so Althea, you are saying that if your spouse runs up and gets a credit card that you guys had, it was not included in the financial freedom plan, mm-hmm. that that is your spouse's debt. How do you protect yourself um, 
Is that part of the uh, planning for life that you always tell me about? Because you always tell me estate planning is planning for life mm-hmm. more so than, it's than a li- planning for death. It's the business of uh, living. A, a living. And again, what debt that you sign on as an individual is your debt. Mm-hmm. Now, Unless credit you- cards will try to come after you, but you need to know that that's just your debt. That That's just your your mm-hmm. spouse's debt. That's yeah, not necessarily right. your debt. You mm-hmm. didn't, unless you decided to be on that that credit card right. or that, that or, or guarantee that that uh loan or, or whatever. But your spouse's debt is your spouse's debt. That doesn't mean that it doesn't affect your Yeah, assets. because you're you're one. When you're you get one. married you're as one. You live mm-hmm. as one. Uh your finances are as one. If you guys if if you all are not ready to live as one, to do the give and take dance, okay? You ought not be trying to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's you don't want to live as two single people just under the same roof. And he doesn't know what's going on and she doesn't know what's going on. And you just share a bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to. And, I, and I'm not saying I advocate for a joint bank account. I'm saying that things should be transparent. I'm not here to try to to um, to tell you what to do as regard to your finances. I'm saying that whatever you decide to do, you need to decide to do it as a couple, okay? What works for Althea and her husband may not work for me when I get married, okay? Right. But what we, whatever we decide to do, we need to be grown up and stick to what we decide to do. And then if we decide to revisit that plan later on, then we need to go back and we need to revisit and have the same conversation like we did when we were deciding to get married. Uh, but we need to understand that it's a give and take and everybody's not going to get their own way. But there should probably be a few things that are non-negotiable. And those things might be, OK, we agreed before we got married that we would uh, do this in retirement or we would save for retirement. We would do certain things. Those types of things, there are going to be some things that should be, if you agree on them from the beginning, should be non-negotiable, okay? Because one person shouldn't just get up one day on the wrong side of the bed and decide, well, you know what? I'm not putting any more money into my 401k, okay? And then uh, you decide, you don't tell your spouse you're not putting any money in your 401k. Do you know that happens all the time? I know. And then at 70 years old, I'm ready to retire and I got my money together and you don't have your money together and you expect me to take care of you. But it happens all the time. Oh, I know. It happens all the time because people are not being honest about what's really going on. Or they're doing some things that they have no business doing Exactly. Not part of the plan. Which is not part of the the plan. Right. So your retirement goals um, need to be those things that you discuss, uh, you revisit, but you need to stick to those uh, those types of plans. It's not fair. One of the things that um, I I counsel one couple, uh, I used to counsel... um, uh, do financial counseling for uh, my church in, in Florida. Uh, and I, I really appreciate the minister for realizing that financial counseling was a big part of premarital counseling and also marital counseling. And so he used to send people to my office. And one of the things that uh, one couple came to the office and she was very upset with her husband because she had decided that she did not want to work any longer. And from her standpoint, she really believed biblically she didn't have to work. And so her husband should not, uh, you know, and she knew that she, if she ran to my office that I would totally agree with her because she knew that I was, uh, I totally believed in the Bible. So she uh, felt that I would just go along with her. And so one of the questions I asked her was, I said, now, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem that I have. I have no problem with a woman staying home if that's what you guys agree to do. But when you purchased this home, when you bought this house, did you buy this house on two incomes? Well, yeah, we did. Okay. The budget that you set up, the B word, the financial freedom plan that you set up, the way of life that you set up, you set up a way of life based on two incomes. Now, all of a sudden, you want to grab the Bible and say, Well, you know, from a biblical standpoint, my only responsibility is the home and children. I don't have to really work. Well, you can't do that. You can't change. You can't change in midstream. I don't care if it is biblical, but biblical says that you're supposed to submit to one another. Okay, so you submit it to that financial plan when you guys were initially married. You knew that it took two incomes to live the way that you guys were living. You need to either keep 
working or you need to submit yourself to a lifestyle that he can provide. Now, that means that if you don't want to work, you need to submit yourself to a lifestyle that your husband can provide. Why does he need to work three jobs to provide for the lifestyle that you guys didn't agree on in the first place? Okay. Right. So if it took two incomes for that lifestyle and you agreed to those two incomes, you need to keep your end of the bargain. I agree. Likewise, fellas, when you decide you want to step out there, you know, I got, I'm tired of working. I want to have my own business. You need to understand the financial impact that it's going to have on your family. And that is not a one person decision. That is a family decision. It is. Okay. Is your wife willing to support you while you get your business dreams off the ground? Did you guys discuss these things before you got married? If you did not discuss them before you got married, then you need to have a lot of patience with her trying to digest the fact that all of a sudden you want to be an entrepreneur. That is not a woman who just doesn't believe in your dreams. That's a woman who's seeing a a man she married change his mind. (laughs) Okay. That's a whole different thing. So we need to be very honest about what it is that we want to do, what it is, where we want to spend our money, where, what it is we want to do. And if we grow and our, our lifestyle, our mindset changes, we need to understand that this is us changing our mind and we have to go to our spouse and revisit that plan. And again, it is a give and take. Okay. It is not just my way or the highway. I agree. I agree because you do have other people to consider, especially if you have children, minor children don't who are dependent upon you to provide for them. So yes, it has to be a family, uh, plan and agreement. Okay. And last we want to talk about is if you find yourself in divorce, if you find yourself going through a divorce, you need to hire an attorney to make sure that your assets are protected. Now, here's the thing. You might be able to, you know, come to some real good, um, uh, uh, honest and fair division of your property. Um, The cheapest way is for you guys to sit down and actually come to a fair and agreeable division of your property uh, and then present that to your attorney or the court or whatever. And the court may not agree to that. So so I've seen those kind of agreements that the court don't agree. Okay. But I I think in in ending our our program, I think that we should all sit down with a professional to to help us to map out that plan, this plan of action before we go down the marital uh, the divorce uh, road yeah, the divorce (laughs) road or the marriage road well, okay here's the thing, if you you didn't learn anything today, what you should have learned is you need to plan uh, before you get married, you need to have the talk before you get married, and also it's cheaper to keep her if you don't have a prenup. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> so thanks for listening to your business education station, your business, your family, your, your life. life. See you next week. <laughs>